Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart, a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome back to Extra Shot, our Thursday pod spilling the funniest stories in sport this week. As always, it's me, Jack, and Zach, a pairing described as vegan virgins on Instagram recently. Yeah, we did. Uh, we enjoyed that one. Yeah, we've been we've been doing some videos from our Maradona pod on Instagram, and they have reached Argentina, and the the Maradona ultras are not happy. Vegan virgins, we had you got called a gringo. Gringo, yeah. Just yes. I, I, I can't, can't argue with that, to be honest. So it's a rite of passage to be yeah. branded a gringo <laughs> at some point. And I got, who is this nerd who has never touched a football, which also valid. <laughs> I sort of thought that us having longer hair would give us like a sort of hairy bikers feel, but apparently it's vegan virgin. Vegan virgin, yeah. It's quite a good name for I a quite, pod. Yeah. I do take it as quite a point of pride, the, the creative insults that... People are coming up with. Yeah, yeah. So if you do want to join the pile on, check out our Instagram <laughs> at Upshot Towers is the handle. But do, if you have any uh, responses or story suggestions, please do email us, contact at upshot.email. Yeah, I mean, we, we had one this week from Paul in Amsterdam who sent in uh, this story that we missed over Christmas. So uh, just before Christmas, um, amateur Dutch fourth tier side Hercules were drawn against Ajax. Uh, in the Dutch Cup. And this was the 30th time that Ajax have played against an amateur team in this competition. The first 29 times they'd won every single match by at least four goals. Ajax have won this tournament 20 times. So this is what Hercules were up against. And among the Hercules team was a 22-year-old law student called Tim Peters, who lives in a in a 12-man frat house in Utrecht. Um, I'm just imagining him on, on match day waking up on this jizz-stained futon surrounded by laughing gas canisters and like mouldy boxes of bitter ballon. He like wakes up, like tries to take a swig of water from the pint glass beside his bed and it's a it's a, a glass filled with vodka and fag ends. <laughs> yeah, so th- this part is actually true that he, uh, uh, on the morning of the match, he finished off an essay that, that he had due and then and then went to the game. Um, but before the game, his, uh, his, his housemates in this frat house got tired of, of daring each other to drink the bong water and take the bins out naked. And they decided to put a bet on, on Tim to, to score and for Hercules to win, which was 750 to one. They put on 15 euros each and he only went and did it. He scored twice and Ajax lost 3-2. 
Apparently, it wasn't so, one of the goals like an absolute scream. Yeah, one of, them, one of them was one of them was a bit of shit, a bit of a bit <laughs> scrappy, and then the other, the second one was an absolute screamer. But they only bound him to score once, I'm guessing. So they just yeah, but they, so they they ended up winning 150 thousand euros between between the twelve of them. Oh, um, nice. Which I imagine they'll spend on train spotting posters and one of those neon bongs that's shaped like a machine gun <laughs> <laughs> and some horrible trip to Thailand yeah, at some point. They're going to, going to Ibiza, apparently. Oh, they are nice. Yeah, but. It's been a pretty miserable season for Ajax as a, on a whole. So they were they were in the relegation zone up until October. I think now they're fifth, mm. but for for them that's that's pretty bad. Yeah. Um, the Ajax manager uh, John Van Van Schip actually missed this game against Hercules because he was in Australia at his son's <laughs> wedding. <laughs> they weren't taking it seriously at all. Yeah, I think. I mean, they play. It's an amateur team. Like, but still, do you not get in shit for that? I'm just thinking if, um, I don't know, Eric Ten Hag missed United's FA Cup game against like, I don't know, yeah. would, would this be non-league, like Eastleigh or something, yeah. and then they lost. True. You get sacked probably. Yeah. You? To be fair, I think he's not been Ajax manager for very long. Like he, they, whoever it was, that's even worse, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, although I, I imagine that the uh, the wedding's been in the calendar for a while. Maybe maybe at his interview, they were like, just to let you know, I've got some got some holiday booked over Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> it won't be a problem. Yeah, yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. only playing. What are they called? The Hercules. Her- it's only Hercules. Mm, it's just, only Hercules. So is this student now like so, a yeah. celeb? Is he going to get poached by a bigger team? I don't know. So he he apparently used to be on the books at FC Utrecht, who are who are a bigger team. He gave it, there was a good quote from him. He said that he, was, he gave it up to focus on his social life. <laughs> <laughs> frat duties. Yeah. So I've got some, uh, some scum to initiate into the frat. This year. Exactly, yeah. It's a bit yeah. busy, like putting soap in a pillowcase and hitting <laughs> freshers with it. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, mad. Well, I guess Ajax will have to bolster their reserves by bringing in Jordan Henderson from Saudi, which everyone's talking about. Yeah. yeah that sounds it like it's like happening. It looks like it's happening. Yeah. He's leaving with his tail between his legs. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's changed football there now. So his, his, work, his work there is done. So <laughs> yeah. he can, uh... He's ended homophobia in the yeah, golf. Yeah. Apparently uh, Benzema wants to leave as well. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. The exodus has begun mm. and I'm loving it. Yeah. Speaking of fallen superstars, when Ronnie O'Sullivan burst onto the scene, he was like, he was the heir to Hurricane Higgins and Jimmy White. He was the new breed of Hellraiser. Uh, but Ronnie O'Sullivan's lost his edge a bit, I think it's fair to say. And in recent years, he's more likely to pull an all-nighter because he's had an Earl Grey too close to his bedtime than because he's up to his old tricks. I mean, like, he used to do mad shit. He, he was caught shagging in the green room at a tournament. Really? Wow. Yeah, he used to have benders with the Rolling Stones. He was smoking weed all the time. There was there was that time where he went up to a tournament official before a game, grabbed him by the bollocks and called him a little fucking grass. Really? And headbutted him, I think. Wow. So he, he was a wild child. Sounds more like the antics of his dad. Yeah, I mean, Big his, Ron. his dad's yeah. antics were quite yeah, a lot. Yeah, quite quite a lot worse. <laughs> I think that was worse than that. But Ronnie O'Sullivan, he's gone soft. However, he does still have the odd unsavoury habit. And... This week, after Ronnie won the Masters for like the eighth time, his defeated opponent, Ali Carter, accused Ronnie of flinging snot around Alexandra Palace. <laughs> so apparently between frames, the players were in their seats and Ronnie just did that thing. You know, you put like a finger on one nostril and just snot like a long distance runner might yeah. do. That's the only time it's acceptable, I would yeah. say. That is, that is grim. On, yeah. the, on, the, on the carpet. Yeah, on the hallowed carpet of <laughs> Ali Pali. I mean, actually... <laughs> Ronnie has been complaining that the Ali Pali is disgusting and dirty, so it's a bit bit rich when you're snotting everywhere. I mean, I'm not surprised after after the darts tournament there last week that it's, it's in a bit of a state. Yeah, There's a, do you remember um, 
during the darts tournament, there was this uh, this story that was going around the papers about a wasp that was uh, on the rampage. Like I think it stung Luke Littler, it stung somebody else, and then it and then it popped up at the at the snooker masters as well. Yeah, the Ali Pali wasp. Yeah. Apparently, it's been doing it for years. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's just the one. <laughs> yeah, just the same wasp. The wasp hides, out, hides out in the rafters for for major sporting events. Yeah, presumably they've got some serious nest problem. Yeah, I think does. Yeah, anyway, yeah, that's probably enough on the state of Ali Pali. Mm-hmm. But uh, Ronnie's obviously contributing to this uh, disgusting uh, setup. Anyway, after Ali Carter accused him of snotting all over the carpet, Ronnie gave a press conference on Monday and he flew off the handle. He stuck his middle finger up and he said of Ali Carter he can have one of them he can sit on it as far as I'm concerned I don't give a fuck which is quite menacing although I note not actually a denial about the snot yeah maybe he's, he's, he owns it well he didn't it's, actually say I did I, I think he did probably it. when you when you've won the Masters as many times as he has you can do what you want it's that's basically Ronnie Sullivan's attitude to snooker isn't it it's like I've won so many times I'll do what I want I'll call everyone else shit I mean him and Ali Carter used to be mates and apparently they fell out. They used to play when Carter was a kid, like 20 years ago, and they haven't spoken for 20 years. I don't know what happened. And there was another incident where one of them shoulder barged the other during a game. Oh, really? There's quite a lot of feuds in snooker, aren't there? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of need it. Yeah, yeah spice it up a, a little of, bit. Inject a bit of spice. Yeah. Um, uh, is, is Ronnie a bell end? Uh, like, look, he's the greatest player possibly ever. Yeah. He's, um... I don't know. Is this is this is the debate that's always going on? Is like, is is he good or bad for snooker? Um, because he's obviously, he obviously is. He's possibly the best player ever, but he's just spent his time slagging off all the others. Like mm. didn't, after this win, didn't he come out and say that he had he had like a, a dodgy arm or something, and he still can't beat me? Yeah, he um, said, "I'm going blind. I have a dodgy arm and bad knees, and they still can't beat me." It's <laughs> like, why are you slagging everyone so off? I mean, I think it's good for snooker. We're talking about it now, but yeah, true. Uh, yeah. I think he's a bit of a moany. We talked about this on the snooker episode. We don't have to slag him off too much again. Yeah. All right, back to football. Wesley Fofana has endured a pretty bleak 18 months since he joined Chelsea. So if you recall, they spent 70 million on him and he's only managed about, I think, 17 games. He's either getting maligned by Chelsea fans or more recently, he's just been injured for ages. And now, just to rub salt in the wound, he's accidentally maiming members of British soap royalty. <laughs> so it emerged this week that Fofana ran over EastEnders legend Dean Gaffney in his Lamborghini and uh, apparently catapulted Dean into the air. Wow. So Dean was on King's Road in Chelsea trying to hail a black cab and Fafana obviously didn't see him and just ploughed right into him and flew him into the air, which is it's quite an EastEnders moment, actually. Yeah, it really dum, is. Dum, 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 <laughs> dum, dum, dum. Yeah, I've been dying to do that again. Um, anyway, he broke his collarbone. But he he's all it right. Sounds like quite a lucky escape. You get hit by a Lamborghini. At, yeah, like I don't know what speed. sort of speed we're talking. I mean, they breathe. I guess they are, they are pretty. They're pretty low Lamborghinis. It just it would just take out your take out your knees. Anyway, he's okay. Fafana was probably a bit shaken, but hadn't been drinking. I emphasise he was breathalysed at the scene. Uh, but it's it's a tough break for for Dean, who he's he's been on quite a bad run. He obviously got kicked off EastEnders. Uh, no word on the welfare of Wellard, his legendary dog. Who's, who's that? You don't, you don't know. You don't know Wellard. No, You're not, not an EastEnders. I'm not an EastEnders. But I, I, my grandma used to watch EastEnders. Right, okay. I, I, EastEnders. I, I, I can't watch EastEnders without smelling silk cut cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> in a in a stale in the morning. Room. Yeah. <laughs> Wellard was the iconic dog that Dean Gaffney's character rocked around with for many years. Um, and then I actually I actually looked up to see what happened to Wellard because I thought maybe he's still going. 
So the dog that played Wellard died three times and was just regularly replaced. But Wellard, <laughs> Wellard the actual dog, was nearly destroyed under the Dangerous Dogs Act in the programme. In the play, oh. In the programme. And then um, he avoided being euthanised for that, but then he ate some chocolate and had to be put down. Really? <laughs> which is pretty... This is all in, in EastEnders. Yeah, none of this actually yeah. happened in real life. <laughs> Thank God. We're now talking it's about soap storylines. <laughs> Nothing to do with football. <laughs> Wesley Fofana was the reason I brought this up, if you recall. <laughs> But actually, I went down a bit of a Dean Gaffney rabbit hole because he's he's something of a tabloid um, fascination. Dean Gaffney calls his penis Wellard, apparently, <laughs> and has slept with 1,000 women. And he himself has a reputation as a bit of a dirty dog. During lockdown, he got done in a kiss and tell that included the woman with the biggest boobs in Britain. That's a quote. <laughs> Um, and that's an N cup, if you're wondering, N for November. Um, and, and there's a quote from Dean in the story where they're sort of saying like, oh, you're a dirty dog, really. And he says, no, I'm romantic. I like to do little treasure hunts where you may end up finding some chocolate buttons in the cupboard, which is quite is sweet. That how, is that how uh, Wellard ended up with his, his poisoning? <laughs> Leave them in the cupboard, Dean. Don't leave them lying around. He's trying to leave some romantic trail for this huge boobed woman. And then <laughs> Wellard was just digging around and uh, ended up killing the up only killing. thing that made yeah. his character work yeah. in EastEnders. <laughs> right, that's probably enough, Dean Gaffney. I was just having a quick look at, uh, at Wellard's Wikipedia. Apparently, he, he won. He won, he won Best Pet at the 2008 uh, British Soap Awards. Uh, it was a major was, gong for any. Yeah. What was the competition there? <laughs> There's a stick insect in Emmerdale. Yeah. If anyone's wondering where you where you recognise the name from, it's probably the 2006, 2008 Soap Awards. Actually, I did also read when I was looking up his death that his death was nominated as Tear Joker of the Year. Oh, yeah. It's an iconic dog. Mm. Right, that's probably more time than we should be spending on soap dogs. It's plenty of, plenty of podcasts for that. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Um, so listeners to our Mauro Icardi podcast episode will remember that the Galatasaray striker and his wife Wanda have an absolutely mental relationship. So just to give you a 
quick recap. They met through Wanda's ex-husband, Maxi Lopez, who was Mauro's teammate at Sampdoria. Long story short, Wanda divorces Maxi, marries Mauro. Mauro again then gets the names of Maxi and Wanda's kids tattooed on his arm, which is the ultimate stepdaddy move. Wanda then reveals to the press... Uh, to really rub this into to Maxi, she reveals their exhausting uh, shagging schedule. That they they apparently shag twelve times a day. Wow! Uh, I know we 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 talked about this on this it's once an hour and a half. Basically, yeah, it sounds is it even fun at that point? Yeah. That's how you get Dean Gaffney levels. To be fair, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and since then they've had they've had a pretty tumultuous relationship. There former housekeeper accused them of human trafficking um they were also reprimanded by italian police for torching furniture outside their lake como mansion um there's multiple other highlights but i'll I'll leave it to you should check out check up on the pod if you're interested um but wanda's been back in the news this week because she's been spilling more details about her and mauro's love life so she says that before they met Mauro had four phones for talking to his various lovers, which were organised by continents. <laughs> it is like European, European ladies, the South American ones. Well, because he had um, so many yeah, women on the go, quite, quite, for want of a yeah, better expression. Yeah, <laughs> it is quite, it's quite sort of business. It's quite organised. It is very organised, yeah. Uh, but he's got it, clocks on the wall, like London, yeah. Paris, <laughs> Tokyo yeah just like how do you how do you have the energy to yeah. keep but Wanda says that when she found uh, these phones she threw them in water she also has she has an interesting turn of phrase so she this is a quote from Wanda 200 women passed through that mattress but after me it was total destruction they never used it again I remember the pain in my body the next day because I wasn't used to giving everything I took ibuprofen every day at four o'clock god it's just like if you if you're having to take ibuprofen every day just to complete your twelve a day shagging yeah. habit, then although maybe that's a secret, just, it's that simple. Yeah, yeah. that's Dean Gaffney's secret. Just, or, yeah. <laughs> or just take a break. Yeah, just yeah. yeah. So hang on, in her quote, sorry, she's saying there were loads of women there before, and then I destroyed the mattress. I I think so. Yeah. Who basically? Or, what or, I'm asking is who's driving this like exhausting shabbing, shagging habit. Maybe, maybe both of them. Maybe both. Although, if she as a vegan virgin, I wouldn't know what actual, <laughs> actual sex lives look like. So, for me, I'm trying to. Me neither. It's, it's, it's two of us. It's, it's the worst possible people to have yeah. really, this conversation. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway. I'm hoping, isn't it Cardi often linked with Man United? Yeah. They often he say is, he's like yeah. the most Man United signing that hasn't happened of this era that would be great yeah. yeah he's banging them in in Galatasaray yeah I saw Real Madrid link with him as well really I would like to see him at a top club just so we can do more keeping up with the Kardashians yeah this could be it could be a regular regular feature would you would you want to have sex 12 times a day with anyone I think it, I don't think it would be fun after probably the third fourth yeah once you get to like 10th 11th times then yeah. surely it's you you're just ticking boxes now. i don't think i'm making it to the four o'clock neurofem <laughs> yeah. anyway so the big sporting event of this week is of course the australian open which is famed as the the rowdiest grand slam on the on the tennis tour so last last year they had Matches going on till 4am, fans getting wasted in the stadiums. There was this incident where, where Novak Djokovic branded one fan drunk out of his mind and then had, had four men ejected for, for heckling. 
The Aussie legend Pat Cash also blasted the out-of-control crowds. So as the players rocked up in Melbourne this year, they were probably wondering what kind of measures the organisers had taken to, to curb this raucous behaviour. There'd be like an army of, of clipboard-yielding jobsworths patrolling the court. They've replaced the tequila tents with uh, stools flogging 0.0% VB lager. Unfortunately, they took a slightly different approach and the players were instead met by pounding music from the new party court. So the, the organiser, I always can't believe this, the organiser decided to build a huge two-storey, 400-capacity bar overlooking Court 6 uh, with round-the-clock DJs. It basically looks like an Australian box park overlooking <laughs> overlooking the court. Um, and it's, it's, already, it's already causing trouble. So after being knocked out, uh, the French player Arthur Rundeknecht moaned that we're playing in a nightclub and complained about some stupid drunk guy shouting at me every time I was missing. So Which, what is the, is the music and the partying going on while they're playing? Yeah, literally, they've got DJs in this bar and bars serving like, I don't know, tequila slammers, I'm imagining. I, th- I thought you like couldn't even take your seat outside of points and stuff that's mental yeah there was a, a quote from a fan who it was like that people aren't even pretending to be quiet because <laughs> i swear, during the australian open like this week i some another player complained that people were taking their seats between games and he described it as woke which is classic <laughs> anything i hate is woke i don't get how that's woke. But on court six meanwhile they're like what playing fucking sidetrons david getter blasting out yeah and tech yeah, house free jaeger bombs at six p.m <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. That stand sounds like it is full of cunts as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Australian Box Park is... You've sort yeah. of just described my own personal hell. <laughs> <laughs> One man who can uh, kick back and enjoy the party atmosphere, though, is up-and-coming Brazilian star Thiago Sebothvild, who was knocked out of his first-round match in a dramatic fifth-set tie-break by Andrei Rublev. So as Thiago pushed... Rublev, the the fifth seed, all the way. You can imagine the the sponsors beginning to sit up and take note. There's like Adidas and Nike uh, prepping their offers to him. Mm. BP are pondering whether to make him the new face of deforesting the Amazon. But just as they uh, prepared to submit their offers, they they ran a few background checks, and it turns out that Tiago is the descendant of some of the top Nazis who who fled to fled to South America after World War Two. Oh, yeah, because there's loads of Nazis there. Aren't yeah, they, yeah, they all they all legged. That's where they the got the Adolf Eichmann. I mean, let's not go down this yeah. <laughs> Your knowledge is better than mine. Um, but in uh, in messages to, to an ex-girlfriend, Tiago explained, My family is Nazi. My great-grandfather was Hitler's predecessor. He was the one who brought him from Austria and taught Hitler about life. Oh, God. What does that mean? So I think, uh, I think his, his great-grandfather basically sorted uh, Hitler out with German citizenship so he could move from Austria. Right. And like facilitated him him uh becoming chancellor and, and taught him about life and death bit of death yeah. too yeah but um what and and is tiago a nazi himself is he kind of saying it like oh i've got this awful family or is he just like um so the messages from his between him and his ex-girlfriend it was it was there's a message from his ex-girlfriend being like is it true that your mum hates like black people and yeah, Jewish people and whatever whoever else uh, and he and he just responded like just to let you know my family is Nazi oh right well it's kind of <laughs> so, like you're going to have to find this out about me at some point yeah, anyway yeah yeah, yeah. Christmas so I, is a bit different in our house yeah <laughs> 
I don't know. I, I, I can't say for sure, and I wouldn't want to speculate whether about his uh, would you, personal political opinions. But would you go out with someone who you loved and in every other respect was normal, but had that family? Um, what, it sounds like it's his mother's side, didn't you say? Yeah, I, I, I guess it's. Uh, I guess it depends on their personal. I'm saying if they weren't themselves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> have a think do write in contact at upshot.email yeah, that's a good question um, I'll, I'll, I'll have to cross that bridge when you come to it uh, yeah well Australian Open goes on for another week so we'll have some more drama he got yeah. knocked out didn't he the he Nazi? sadly did so he's back to the back to the Fuhrer bunker <laughs> back to the wolf's lair yeah. <laughs> he may not be an Aussie so. um, yeah anyway we'll, we'll do another we'll do another Aussie Open roundup next week uh, it's not the only big tournament on at the moment it's it's the African Cup of Nations as well mm, you've been watching my favourite my favourite tournament we yeah watched a little bit of Tunisia and Namibia last night the the big the biggie yeah I actually did have a thrilling end there was a last minute winner for yeah, Namibia who for have Namibia. never won an AFCON game before yeah. I think and Tunisia are the, one of the best teams in the tournament yeah couldn't name any of their players, but they are. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say it was a thrilling game, but African Cup of Nations always delivers quite a lot of good drama off the field. Um, so first up, Leicester winger Abdul Fatawu. He actually turned down a spot in Ghana's squad because he's just broken into the Leicester team and obviously they're in a big promotion push and he wanted to, to help the Foxes with that. So he decided not to travel to Ivory Coast to play in the tournament uh, and, and Ghana were without him. However, on Sunday, with AFCON only a day or two old, he was shown a straight red card in Leicester's defeat to Coventry. And that means he'll actually miss the Foxes' next three games. <laughs> and he won't return to football until the 10th of February, which is one day before AFCON finishes. Oh, that's so gutting. Yeah, so it could have gone after all. Although, it sounds like he might be quite a reckless type. So maybe yeah, better, off, they're better off without better him. Better off without <laughs> him, yeah. Uh, it's also a quite similar story for hapless Man United keeper Andre Onana I think we can all agree he's had a tough start to life yeah, old traffic it's not been how he dreamt it no but he was hoping to prove his dedication to Man United so he was his plan was to play in Sunday's game against Tottenham which ended up being a 2-2 draw and then he was going to hot foot it to the Ivory Coast because Cameroon had a game on Monday uh, so he was he was like I'm going to play the Sunday game and then and then just race over to Africa. Unfortunately, this went slightly wrong because his flight was cancelled. The last leg of his trip was cancelled. He had to drive 150 miles to make the game. And then he finally got there. He arrived at 4am, like sweating. He was like really rushed. He got there and the gaffer told him, unfortunately, I've decided not to pick you in the matchday squad. And apparently Anana went pretty angry about this, which is understandable. And he, he was seen yelling, if I wasn't going to play in the team, then why did I come here on a private jet? <laughs> and there's actually a photo, apparently, of all people, El Hajj Juf had to like <laughs> calm him down because he was getting really irate Actually, about you it. Know, you know something, something's up it. El Hajj Juf is calming yeah, you down. When famed nut job. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on the side of the manager here, to be honest. Like, I mean, this was this was always a big risk. Like this, you could you could really foresee this happening. Yeah, I'd, it takes I'd, one I'd, flight delay. I'd be, yeah, I'd be pretty pissed off at Anana for um for deciding to play the game anyway. Well, and also Anana's had quite. A, do you remember before the World Cup, he left one of their training camps early, and he didn't play in the World Cup, and then he said, "I'm retiring from international." Yeah, he's fallen <laughs> fallen out with Rigobert Song like a few times, and Sammy Leto, I think. Yeah, can't remember what he's on. He's on thin ice as it is. He's on very thin ice. <laughs> and did, did Man United even want him to stay? <laughs> no, I mean, like, so right, guys, I'll stay. And it's like, you sure, really? You know, it's like, it's your country. They are. Yeah. Like, no, 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 I'll stay. No, no, no. Yeah, no, you should really, you should really you go. Sure? Yeah, it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. You know, fans have been counting down the days <laughs> till we have gone. <laughs> 
Anyway, he is there. I, I think the manager did say, I'm not picking a player who shows up at 4am. Yeah. But hopefully he'll, he'll make it. One more bit of AFCON madness for you. Gabon's Kanga Kukaku has been hauled in front of the tournament blazers because in his official documents, it says he was born in 1990, but it turns out his mother died in 1986. <laughs> so pretty classic date of birth fuck up. What I was wondering is what's the point of lying about your age in a senior tournament? Is it just that he's he's been living this lie for a long time and he wants to prolong his career? So he's probably he's maybe more of an appealing signing for a club if he's like, oh wow, this guy's only eighteen. Yeah, and also he's if you're already... born in 1986 at least, because that's when his mother died, then he's you know, approaching <laughs> retirement age. So yeah, yeah, he's probably trying to string it out for a bit longer. Yeah, yeah, and maybe also you just look more attractive to clubs. Like that's the Chantal and mm. Bemba theory, isn't it? Yeah, that he just looks like a wonder kid <laughs> when he's thirty-five. <laughs> anyway, hopefully Kangakaku will still play in the tournament because he's he's now my favourite. Yeah, keep an eye out for him. Uh, right, commentary of the week. I don't know if we'll do this every week, but we we keep getting sent really good bits of commentary. Last week we had some funny lines from Arbro TV. This week it's Australian cricket. Uh, which delivered this quality line. I'd just like to see some more aggressive tactics from the, the fielding side here. My mouth is very dry because I've had a line of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely no idea what the context is. Because <laughs> it doesn't. It, it does sound like he he knows that this is on air. It's, you, you think maybe he'd say that. He thinks he thinks he switched the mic off and is just saying it to his co-commentator. But the way he like properly enunciates it, yeah. it sounds like is it like a sound check and they're just like say something and that's what he's gone with maybe do you think he has just done a line of cocaine it's like quite low level Australian he's cricket he's, he's speaking very slowly for him but he's just a, yeah. had a line of cocaine anyway uh, thanks to everyone who sent that commentary in please do keep sending in any good clips contact at upshot.email so last week Jaden Sancho finally escaped his exile at Man United where he'd been <clears throat> banished from first team training forced to eat with the youth team living off like turkey dinosaurs and sunny delight and he rejoined Dortmund which is obviously where he broke through and made his name and Jaden was really looking forward to this happy homecoming you know stepping off the plane in Dortmund Flughafen and smelling the sweet smell of currywurst wafting through the terminal um, <laughs> but unfortunately for Jaden wherever you go in Europe you're never more than six foot from a United fan and trooping off at half time against Darmstadt on Saturday one Irish United fan gave Jaden a piece of his mind. So he's, he said, Sancho, Eric Ten Hag wants to talk to you. You're a lazy fucker. <laughs> he does have this rep now, I guess it's among United fans, of being a bit lazy because he supposedly like came in late for training because he was like up all night playing FIFA or something. Yeah, there's that clip of him. I think it's from when he was at Dortmund, actually, in his first spell of all the players are doing press-ups and training and Jaden's like, you know, the sort of press-ups you do when your teacher's back's turned, just like... <laughs> on your knees. Yeah, on your, on your knees. Like, elbows hardly even bending. Yeah. Um, Might be an unfair reputation. I've got no evidence that he actually is lazy. Yeah, well, apart from this video. But, yeah. yeah. Well, it's, he didn't. He hasn't played for United, obviously now he's at Dortmund, he hasn't played for United since August, right? Yeah. It's been, it's been gone yeah, he did. While. I mean, his debut, his debut went pretty well. He... he Dortmund won 3-0 and I think he got an assist. Oh, nice. Um, so, yeah, I mean, good Which luck Which means we, something these good. days. Yeah, it would be good. Jada's return to Dortmund does raise one other question, though. Will he be reviving his strange sort of German slash nondescript European accent in interviews? So there was, play, play a clip of, uh, this is a clip from his, his last spell at Dortmund. You know, the, the recent weeks haven't been so good and we haven't got the results we wanted, but... 
I think we showed the fans in the last two games that um, we're still fighting and it's not over to the end. And I don't, uh, don't know why he's uh, talking a little bit higher. It's a, a bit more French, really. But uh, uh, yes, it's uh, very strange. Yeah, it's like generic Central European. Yeah. Sounds like a sort of like student uh, LSE kind yeah. of vibe. Yeah. We've got, for, for, we, for comparison, we've got a, got a clip of Jaden in his English accent. Yeah, you know, um, obviously doing pre-season with the team you know my first pre-season obviously last year I missed pre-season so you know I got I got to know the players a lot more and then we worked on a few stuff and yeah I'm, I'm getting more comfortable I mean it's, yeah, it's completely different yeah it's more, it's more the kind of voice you'd expect from someone who grew up in South London yeah and then went to Manchester. Is there a thing where, like, it is actually helpful for people in other countries if you speak in, in their accent? You lived in Berlin for a while. Did you sort of drift into those uh, tones? I don't... I mean, I don't know if it's something you're conscious of doing. Maybe maybe I did a little bit of... <laughs> you know, a bit of Again, French quite accent. French. Yeah, so, um, don't know, don't know. Like, what is, is it helpful? My mum, I've noticed sometimes we get a taxi on holiday, we'll start, like, turning her English a bit basic. Yeah, my mum does that when she's talking to an Australian. But <laughs> <laughs> don't know if that helps there, maybe if you are Australian or... or I've, I've only lived abroad in an English-speaking country, but I don't remember adjusting my accent. I was cautious not to. Yeah. But maybe if you're speaking another language, you do it? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. We can, if you've got any European listeners, then let us know if it does. It's, wasn't that what um, Joe Barton uh, claimed when he did that French accent in a in an interview he yeah. said that, he said that his like PR person or whatever said that can, please can you do a French accent because it will help people understand you no I think it was the translator who's one of those like simultaneous translators oh, okay. and he was like it'll be quicker for me if you say it in a French accent which yeah. makes no sense yeah <laughs> I wonder if it wasn't the same because his agent famously pranked him when he was driving, he was on his way to um, sign for QPR and his agent got his friend to phone him up and pretend to be Alex Ferguson and put him, put him on the phone to Joe Barton being like, Joey, you, you come up here to Manchester with us, ain't you? So maybe, maybe Joe, Joey is just a, a gullible yeah. Chap. Yeah, I mean he seems seems like he's not all there. Yeah, necessarily. He's not, he's not there. That's as much airtime as we're giving Joe Barton, yeah, actually. True. All right, I think that's that's it for this week. Thanks a lot for listening. Thanks, Zach. Thank you, Jack. Uh and please do hit subscribe, share it with your friends, and we will be back on Tuesday when we have what's our next episode? No idea. <laughs> well, you'll have to <laughs> wait. And... Oh, it's Graham. It's Graham Stack. Yeah. Graham Stack, the forgotten Arsenal Invincible from uh, the famous Venga era. It's a really good story, actually. There's some, yeah. some real don't make him like that no more type stories, I would say. Yeah. Cool. Thanks very much. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.